Hi, and thank you for listening to Ask the Pastor. This is a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yessa, and I'm excited to dive into this week's question. This week's question comes to us from an anonymous congregant who asks, when is it biblical for a Christian to practice civil disobedience? Before I answer that question, I want to uh, first give some context to it in light of our recent events in our country today. Uh, Then secondly, we're going to look at the most relevant biblical passages that ought to come to bear uh, for us as Christians as we seek to answer the question. And then finally, I'll attempt to do that and offer an answer, specifically one that we could at least hypothetically uh, use to apply in our context here at West Hills. When might we as a church disobey our own elected officials? So first, the context. Um, While they are not the only church wading into hot water these days, Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, California, led by John MacArthur, is without a doubt the most prominent uh, church making headlines in this vein. Just in case you're listening to this podcast, uh, years from now, uh, I'm I'm recording this on August 13th, 2020. We've been battling the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, for right around five months Now, as a country, and depending on where you live, we face varying degrees of new government restrictions during some or all of that time. Uh, Required face mask in public, restrictions on building, occupancy, and meeting capacities. And at one point, at least, an all-out quarantine, where in some places you could even be fined for being out in public. So, in the midst of that, the government has had uh, to, to get into the very unfortunate business of having to define for us as a society which businesses it deems essential and which uh, therefore must be allowed to remain open no matter the conditions. You know, people still have to buy food, build houses, etc. And then which businesses it considers non-essential. And in that case, how strictly the government wants to regulate uh, said non-essential business operations. So enter Grace Community Church. And this news article from this past week in PG, uh, PJ Media, the title of the article is John MacArthur Lawyers Up as LA Threatens Jail Time Over In-Person Church Services. Uh, Tyler O'Neill reports, Pastor John MacArthur and Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, California, have retained two prominent attorneys in response to a cease and desist letter threatening jail time or a $1,000 daily fine for continued violations of Governor uh, Gavin Newsom, Democrat California, order shutting down churches. Meanwhile, Mayor Eric Garcetti has allowed protests to continue nightly in L.A. and certain kinds of businesses remain open. After Newsom uh, ordered churches to shut down on July 13th, Grace Community Church released a statement on July 24th explaining that uh, Grace Community Church would remain open. Christ is Lord of all, said the letter. He is King of Kings, sovereign over uh, earthly authority. We cannot and will not acquiesce to a government-imposed moratorium on our weekly congregational worship or other regular corporate gatherings. Uh, Compliance would be disobedience to our Lord's clear commands. Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Church are not disobeying the Constitution, says uh, Ellis, Grace Community's legal counsel, in a statement. 
It is California's Governor Gavin Newsom and Mayor Eric Garcetti that are defying uh, Grace's constitutional obligation to protect religious freedom and church assembly. Church is essential, and the government has no power to arbitrate whether religious organizations are essential. That is not about health and safety. It is about targeting churches, Ellis concluded. California is discriminating against churches by banning religious services, but allowing protests to continue and allowing abortion clinics, retail outlets, and marijuana dispensaries to remain open. And then the most recent update to this news story from this past week is that MacArthur and uh, Grace Community have now sued the state of California and the city of Los Angeles for attempting to impose said restrictions. So first, I want to be clear that there are two very different issues at play here. Okay, One is whether Grace Community Church should be holding in-person worship services right now or not. That is, by and large, a health and safety issue. That is not the question that I have been asked, nor that I want to deal with here. Uh, we could go back and forth and debate the rate of infection and spread of new cases, the death rate of COVID, the relative threat that it poses, uh, in particular in Los Angeles at the moment, and whether Grace Community's elders are being wise and reopening. Those are uh, the kinds of conversations we are, of course, having here um, in-house at West Hills with uh, amongst our elders on a nearly seemingly weekly basis. Um, what is most prudent for us to do right now, but that is that's not the question at hand. The issue uh, that I've been asked here at hand is is whether or not MacArthur and his fellow elders even have the right to be making those decisions and having those discussions, or whether the state of California has the authority to make those decisions for them as a church and impose a moratorium on their corporate worship. That's a very different question. Okay, and so as we turn to that second, uh, to that question, and, and the second part of my outlined response here, the biblical evidence, um, I think we have to at least acknowledge that at first glance, it does appear that California has a God-given authority to enforce such restrictions. Two texts, in particular, uh, are, are are pertinent here. First and most explicitly. The most extended passage on the topic is Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Let me read that. Let every person, the Apostle Paul says, be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So, extensive treatment here, seemingly uh, explicit, unqualified injunction from Paul. 
be subject to the governing authorities. God has appointed them. They are God's servants, he says. He calls them ministers of God. Pay them honor and respect, obedience. One other notable passage, 1 Peter chapter 2, quickly, verses uh, 13 through 17. Be subject, again, to, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Again, be subject. The emperor is supreme. This is the will of God. Honor the emperor, Peter says. And yet, we know that even as Paul writes that, as Peter writes that, they are leaving room for the really massive unspoken caveat that Christians must obey the emperor to the extent that the emperor's orders do not contradict God's. When Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3 to bow down and worship him, that was in direct conflict, contradiction to commandment number one that God had explicitly ordered, you shall have no other gods before me, Yahweh, don't bow down and worship false, false gods, false idols. And so they were compelled to disobey the Babylonian king, and they were commended by God for it, and saved and rescued by God. When Peter and the other apostles in Acts chapter 5 are brought before the council for preaching the name of Jesus, and ultimately they're flogged and commanded not to keep preaching, the apostles' response to the authorities in verse 29 was, we must obey God rather than men. And so when the government's orders directly contradict God's orders, there is no question that the Christian must submit to God, come what may, even if that means prison, beatings, death. So the question for us now as we turn back to our current context, and again, just for fun, let's make this a bit more personal and ask what would it take uh, in the way of a county ordinance, a Missouri state restriction um, imposed by Governor Parson, what would it take for us uh, for West Hills as a church to conscientiously object and knowingly, willingly practice civil disobedience in our corporate worship gatherings. Assuming that uh, we understand the exhortation in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, let us not neglect to meet together. Assuming we understand that as a command, a biblical imperative to gather together regularly in corporate worship, which by the way, if, you, if you're only at church once a month anyway, then you really don't get a voice in this conversation uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, while there's no explicit command that we meet together weekly, that was certainly the frequency that the early church clearly observed in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. And so there's really no reason that I would see to break with that biblical precedent of uh, weekly Sunday uh, corporate worship. Uh, it also bears mentioning, of course, that first century Christians obviously didn't have the option of virtual corporate worship, right? And so does watching an online service count as meeting together, according to a Hebrews 10 understanding? These are all, you know, fair questions uh, for another podcast, uh, but to, 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 to stay focused on the question at hand, if our normal habit as a church is to worship together in person every Sunday, and the government seeks to interfere with that, to put r restrictions 
on that, at what point, as a church, should we be compelled to disobey them? And here is my just simple answer. If we prayerfully felt like we were being forced to choose between obedience to God and obedience to man, then we would have not only the right, but the demand to practice civil disobedience. Now, is that the choice facing Grace Community at the moment? Um, I won't. I won't comment on that. Right. I, I'm not on their elder board. I don't have uh, all the relevant uh, relevant information in front of me to make those kinds of calls. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know the statistics in California re- regarding COVID. Um, I know that it's not enough that California has deemed abortion clinics and marijuana dispensaries and even uh, you know, racial protests more essential than churches. That is not enough. That is horrific. That is deeply troubling. But the fact in and of itself that California has, has deemed one essential and the other non-essential isn't enough. If cases spiked in St. Louis County, and God forbid, we were ordered back into quarantine again, regardless of what other businesses were, were deemed essential, even if, if St. Louis County allowed protests to continue to happen, we as elders would have to determine that the rewards of us meeting in person so outweighed the risk of doing so safety-wise that we would be, again, not only justified, but, but really required by Scripture to uh, disobey the county's mandate. That, that is where we would have to you know, fall. Um, I, I, I will put a bow on it by saying this. Number one, thank God that, uh, that, that I don't have to bear the, the responsibility, the weight of leadership in making that decision unilaterally. I'm so thankful for um, you know, that proverb that says there's, there's wisdom and an abundance of counselors. I'm so thankful for my fellow elders, and you should be too as a church. Um, and, but number two, uh, let's, let's all just pray that it never comes to that for us here again um, as, as a church, that we never face that decision uh, to, to, to even have to entertain the idea of, of uh, civil disobedience. Let's, let's, let's con- continue to pray for our elected officials, you know, in, 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 in light of First Timothy 2.1, uh, where Timothy, or Paul urges Timothy that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Our, our leaders in high positions, our government elected officials right now, need our prayers more than ever. It is, it is not a fun time to be a public decision maker in this country. Uh, and so I, I continue to ask for your prayers as your pastor. Um, we, we need them as your elders. Uh, and most of all, right now, we pray that God would make our decisions easier uh, because he would slow down and eventually stop the spread of this terrible disease. So that's our prayer. That's my, my, my prayer uh, along with you um, this week. And uh, I continue to pray for you as your pastor uh, and, and covet your prayers. Thanks and God bless. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Remember that you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting them online through our website at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. And thanks for listening.